0: As always, should you avoid the excellent guidance you're about to receive, you'll be disavowed. Also, this message will self-destruct in three seconds. Three, two, one. This is Your Financial Mission, where we tackle tough questions about financial and retirement planning and help you be a better preparer for those times in your life when you need to be better from a financial perspective. We're joined as always by Janine Theus. She's the CEO and founder of Theus Wealth Advisors. We like to call her your financial commander here on the show. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for being with us this week. And, Janine, are you ready to lead people through some uh, benefits of financial sacrifice on today's show?
1: Looking forward to it, though. No one likes the word (laughs) sacrifice.
0: This is true. This is true. But we're going to talk about why it's an important word, how you can reap the rewards for your financial sacrifice. You might have seen that as the headline of our show today. And, It's pretty, you know, if we're being honest, Janine, it can be pretty difficult to make financial sacrifices. Like you said, nobody likes the word, especially when we know that the reward for doing so might not be seen until several years into the future. So I'm going to throw a few situations at you where people might be inclined to take the immediate benefit but where I think folks should probably really consider taking the delayed benefit in these scenarios. And I'm sure you've got some stories to share with us about how you've seen folks take the delayed benefit, not go for that immediate payoff, and the big difference it made down the line for them. The first one may be kind of an obvious one. Passing up on a 401k match, to me, sounds crazy. Why would you give up a free opportunity to get extra pay from your employer? But so many people do this, and it's a a huge mistake.
1: Yeah, because they're not looking at the long-term benefit of that. So if the budget around the house is tight, it's tempting to forego in- contributing altogether so that you can bring more money home or have more cash flow. But in most cases, the matching funds that the employer is contributing to your 401k will be the probably the one of the best returns you can get on the investment. The money you leave on the table by not contributing or taking advantage of the match can amount to a pretty huge sum of money that you know, it's going to come in handy through years of compounding later on. So you really have to look at that long term benefit. Sometimes people don't really think about this because they don't think they're going to be with an employer for a long period of time. So people do are pretty transient with jobs. And so they hop. But taking a look at what's the match? And can I at least match the match is a good idea. Because one of the The delayed gratifications of saving is you can't use the money now. You're going to have to use it later. And that's tough for some people to do.
0: Yeah, passing up the 401k match, big mistake. And unfortunately, a lot of people do it just to to get that immediate extra benefit. But you're never, Janine, going to get a return as good as your employer matching dollar for dollar, you know, a certain percentage of your salary going into an account like that. There's there's no other place on earth you can get 100% return on that, right?
1: That's right. That's right. Even if it's 3 or only 4%, at least that's that's 100% of your 4% <laughs> right. that's being contributed. <laughs> right. So why wouldn't you do that?
0: <laughs> yep, exactly. It's the easiest return you can get, no doubt about it. Another example that would be kind of in the same line of thinking, Janine, would be saving in only tax-deferred accounts. You want that tax benefit, that write-off this year and this year only, but you're okay with that because it's putting more money in your pocket? But what's the delayed benefit that might be a better option?
1: Well, this is a tough one because we've been hearing this strategy for 30 years. Save in a tax-deferred account. Save only in a tax-deferred account. Where this comes, not it's not problematic, but where it's the most benefit is those who are high W-2 earners. So contributing to traditional IRAs or 401ks in particular or other accounts is is very convenient at the time you do it because it lowers your tax bill for that year. Most retirees are looking back and wishing they had maybe contributed more to a Roth because now they have a tax time bomb. And what we mean by that is when it comes time for required minimum distributions, if you wait until 70 and a half, If that account has grown substantially, you are now probably in the same tax bracket, if not higher, because of the the distribution requirements and whatever the tax brackets are. So you could have created a tax disadvantage situation for yourself if all of the money is in tax-deferred accounts now. So the thing to remember is you're going to pay the tax now or later. It's just a question of trying to arbitrage between the two, and that's really hard to do. But so saving it only in tax deferred accounts is not something I'd recommend. I'd recommend having a couple more buckets of money, access to money.
0: Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense and if we keep this kind of train moving talking about financial sacrifice and reaping the rewards for putting off that benefit, a lot of people get tempted as, you know, things pop up in life to cash out of a retirement plan and use that for a more immediate need, and that should really be a a last resort, but people turn to it probably way too frequently. Do you have any stories of folks needing to dip into retirement plans to cover another need?
1: Oh, yes. Uh, Well, I think the most recent, large example, if you will, was 2008 when a lot of people lost their jobs. So they had to. There was a hardship of tapping into 401ks, and that was just to pay bills and stay you know somewhat solvent now it can be tempting for some people that don't have a lot of discipline to cash out part of a 401k or ira to do a home remodel because that's not best use of dollars there or what's worse is to buy the midlife crisis sports car or motorcycle i've seen guys do Hmm. that that you've been wanting, and it can be especially tempting if the money's coming from an account you no longer contribute to, like an old 401k. But when you factor in the additional taxes you have to pay on this early withdrawal and penalties and combine it with the future growth of the money that you lose, you're very likely going to be kicking yourself when it's time to retire because you've, that's a huge lost opportunity cost. And if you've taken the money out early, you've paid the taxes and penalties, and the lost opportunity cost on that money is much, much greater than people realize. So only in cases of extreme financial hardship does it make any sense to financially to do an early withdrawal. And sometimes, oh, here, another thing that I see is uh, folks taking loans from qualified plans. This doesn't really make sense, because what you're doing is getting taxed twice, the money you're repaying the loan with is after tax. And then when you pay the loan back and then pull it out in distributions in retirement, it's taxed again. So, so cashing out early, loans against, not necessarily good strategies. And it's better to build in some other strategies, if possible.
0: It sounds kind of like, um, oh, I uh, I went ahead and bought this item on my credit card. Because it was on sale and, uh, you know, didn't didn't cost, you know, very much, but then they don't pay it off on their credit card right away. And that sale price for the reason, you know, even if it was something that was on sale, instead of paying $100 for that item, they wait too long to pay it off. And all of a sudden that $100 item became a $170 item over time when they finally get around to, you know, paying off that balance on the credit card. And it's sort of the sort of the similar concept of, well, I'm just going to – it's just moving money and it's just kind of, you know, it's just, it was over here. Now it's over here for this purpose. But then you're also, you know, hurting yourself from that tax perspective, from possible penalties and all those things as well.
1: That's exactly right. And I don't think a lot of – it would be my guess that a lot of people who do that don't really think about the consequences. Mm,
0: yeah. And that's your job, to point those things out. And hopefully people ask you before they make the decision, so you can kind of make sure they get steered in the right direction. (laughs) (laughs) Easier to fix the problem before it happens, right? Right. This would be a a really good example, I think, Janine. And if we talk about financial sacrifice and reaping the rewards, there's maybe no better illustration than when it comes to to Social Security. The immediate benefit is you get to 62 years old, and you want to turn on that funnel, you want to turn on that bucket of money and start taking funds from Social Security, because hey, finally it's available to me, I can start getting that money back in my pocket. How much are we leaving on the table, though, by not waiting and taking a little bit more of a delayed benefit there?
1: It's very tempting for some folks to start that benefit early, and for some people it might make sense. But your benefit is significantly reduced if you do that. So the approach isn't ideal unless you're planning to die early so that you want to get as much money back from the government, which is actually your money, as you can. You're basically taking a 25% reduction in the benefit. So even if you live to 75 or beyond 70, you, you'll have made much more money in the long run if you delay the Social Security as long as you can, at least up until your full retirement age, which for most people is 66 or 66 in some months. Because you're getting that full amount and not a reduced amount. The reduced amount is permanent. And if you, as the higher earning spouse, take your benefit early and your spouse takes a spousal benefit, she or he is going to be penalized as well with a reduced benefit for as long as you're getting your benefits. So that's something to consider when you start, because it has an impact when you do that.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good breakdown. As complicated as Social Security can be, it's pretty simple to understand that the longer you wait to take it, the higher your benefit's going to be. And there aren't a whole lot of people out there, I think, planning on dying early that would benefit from saying, okay, yeah, I'll take it at 62. That's not a very normal plan, right?
1: Right, right. That's my joke is if you can tell me when you're going to die, I can tell you when you should take it. The exact way to
0: maximize your social security, but (laughs) we don't necessarily have a way to do that. And last but not least, Janine, if we're talking about ways of reaping rewards for a financial sacrifice that you make, and I'm going to kind of position this one in, in in a little bit different light, and that would be if you're working with The wrong advisor. And now you may say, you listening to the podcast might say, oh, working with the wrong advisor? Yeah. So that doesn't seem like a very hard sacrifice. Wouldn't that be pretty easy to go work with the right advisor? Well, it sounds easy, but it's one of those things that actually in practice ends up being a little bit harder to execute.
1: Well, a lot of people, you know, reach a point in their lives when they start working with somebody who has a different specialty or different skills. And it's not because the previous advisor did a bad job, they may have been trained differently for a specific task. But it's now time to find someone with a different specialty, like retirement income planning is different than a broker, what a broker does. So in many cases, clients recognize this, but they're not able to make that change because they dread the unpleasant conversation that they would have to have with an advisor they've been working with for a long time. But if you're nearing retirement or just in retirement, and you're still working with someone who is is of the, the brokerage mindset, you can save yourself a lot of heartache by checking out somebody who specializes in how to do re- retirement planning and asset risk mitigation so that you don't lose what you've worked so hard to accumulate. It's a different mindset. It's a different specialty. It's looking at all of the pieces of the puzzle instead of just the one on, I got to get a return on this stock or this fund or whatever, which is what a lot of brokers do.
0: How frequent does that happen, Janine, where you have somebody in the office who is working with another advisor, maybe they've had an advisor for a long time, and and whether they've realized it already or not might not be a good fit. How does that conversation go with you? Because I imagine that's You know, a delicate conversation or a tough conversation. I I don't know. What is that conversation? How
1: does it look? I don't want to get into any contests with another advisor. Mm -hmm. So for starters, if you love your advisor, keep your advisor. But there are some questions you need to ask. And so I go over some of these questions. Did they tell you this? Do you understand the philosophy? Do you understand your investment objective? You know, what's the purpose for the money?
0: Do you know Uh, your financial mission? (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's right. right you know your financial mission that's exactly <laughs> right you know what do you, how is this income strategy going to work for you it's fine if somebody wants to keep their advisor then I just send them back to their advisor and I know what I uh, often tell folks is I really only want to work with the money you want to keep <laughs> so, which then they look at me kind of funny but <laughs> it's really about mindset and philosophy of what we're trying to accomplish here. For some folks, they're their own advisors. I run into that a lot. And so we have a big conversation about how that's working. So I'm not doing my own surgeries. (laughs) Should you be doing your own Advising,
0: Yeah. I I get pretty nervous if I'm uh, making decisions with my life savings. It's one thing to be making decisions with, you know, larger purchases. But I think, you know, a home purchase is about as large as I want to go. If I'm talking about the million or $2 million I've saved for retirement, I'm definitely wanting some guidance, some help, some assistance with, you know, where to put what I've spent 30, 40, 50 years of my life working toward. And I think that just is is common sense and makes a lot of sense. So let that be your call to action today. If you think you might be working with the wrong advisor, or maybe you've been trying to, you know, reap the immediate rewards of some of these scenarios. Hopefully you haven't been passing up on a 401k match. Maybe you have thought about dipping into a retirement plan to address a want or a need. There's probably a better way to go about than that. Then you can take the delayed benefit there of leaving that money in the account. A couple of other good examples on today's podcast. If you find yourself needing a little bit more coaching, needing somebody to help remind you of going for those delayed benefits in these situations and, and pointing them out, spotting them for you, reach out, set up a time to chat with Janine Theus and her team at Theus Wealth Advisors. That's the website, theuswealthadvisors dot Again, that's theuswealthadvisors dot Or you can call the old fashioned way. That's always a great way to get in touch with Janine 443 718 6311 is the number. You'll speak with Gracie most likely when you call. 443 718 6311 is how you get in touch with your financial commander, Janine Theus, the CEO and founder of Theus Wealth Advisors serving you with an office in Columbia and uh, throughout Howard County. That's the Straight Skinny on reaping rewards for financial sacrifice. On the next podcast, be sure to join us because we're going to talk about you, your questions about the financial world. We're going to get some great questions uh, from somebody like Vivian, who's got questions about long-term care. What about TSP plans? TSP plans. What about those? We're going to have a question about those on the next podcast. And also, if you're a do-it-yourselfer, is it ever worth – stopping that and getting an advisor to help you with your financial situation? Or if you've done it on your own for a long time, should you just keep rocking and rolling as is? We'll analyze that question and much more on next week's podcast. So be sure to join us then. If you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do that easily. iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher are where it's available for subscription. And you can also always listen to it online at theiswealthadvisors.com. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time on Your Financial Mission.